This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, and even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 763, brought to you by Mac Weldon. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash iFanboy. Enter the promo code iFanboy. And iFanboy listeners just like you who are washing their hands and wearing their masks. Fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 763. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is my co-host, Josh Lanigan. That is me. That is your name. I have done the research, because you can't trust anybody lately. Right. I confirmed your identity. You have sources. You have a little blue check mark in my head. We are a fanboy, and if we read a bunch of comics, one of us picks their favorite. We call it the Pick of the Week. We'll talk about (laughs) that book. We'll talk about other books in the week. We'll talk about the patron pick. We'll answer some listener mail if we have time. We'll definitely have time this week, and we'll have some fun. Here's a spoiler warning. This is a review show. This week, Josh, I thought I had it bad last week, and then this week happened. And That's you had right. To pick. So, I've been wondering: is something wrong with comics, or is it us? But the fact is that it's not just me or just you. 
but something's going on. I know there's the two events that are going on that neither of us are, are very invested in, the two major publishers. But even outside of that, for a while, it's felt like a bit of a drought. Have you noticed this? Yes, but also you just had nothing to choose from. I think I had 12 books on my list, and seven of those were future state books. If you take over the future state books, I read like five books. I ended up with uh, 13 books mm-hmm. at the end. I, I sort of I made a, I made a, an effort to sort of uh, go and 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 figure out you know what else I could read. In fact, you'll see some things on the on the script that I haven't been reading previously. Mm-hmm. So there is that. Uh, anyway, the pick of the week is King in Black Thunderbolts number one. So right away, you know, I'm not reading King in Black. I don't really like it as a concept as an overall thing but it, it, slim pickings and all i went through and i was like well who's doing these books that's mm-hmm. how i decided to pick on it rather than like what character or what thing i was like well who's making the books let's see what people are doing and this was by a person who i did not put in the script correctly but i can tell you that it is matthew rosenberg mm-hmm. and the art i don't have in front of me juan ferreira juan ferreira exactly I, I i screwed up on the script everybody home that's how that happens which I did at 1am, and that's how that also happens. I like the Thunderbolts. I always have, the, the in, when written correctly, kind of regardless of who the characters are, mm-hmm. it can be a really fun concept still. And, you know, this team was, let's see, Taskmaster, Mr. Fear, who both have similar masks, which is touched on. Yes. Uh, Badrock, Zilibert. Mm-hmm. So far, all good things. We've got, Actually, I have no idea who Mr. Fear is. Star, from the recent, the sort of Captain Marvel spinoff, very, very powerful new villain girl. Oh, yes, yes, right. Oh, int- I'm interesting. That's interesting. Uh, some electric-based character with a mohawk and then some other lady. Uh, the point is a lot of these people are killed pretty quickly. <laughs> Basically, Wilson Fisk has hired these folks. He's taken them out of the prisons. And, and you know, wherever Taskmaster is in another book in here, who gives a shit? He's taken them out of the prisons and he said, all right, I need you to go kill Null who's the overall sort of god who is in charge who's trying to kill all of earth and life and everything is the king in black and if if you get him i'm going to pay you and you'll be free and everything will be good you have to sign this non-disclosure agreement and they say ooh how do we do that and he goes not my problem mm-hmm. and so they send them out into the world you know and and i think actually juggernaut's there too or no rhino and several of them just take off i'm not doing this and they go and at the end it just leaves sort of a core team of of taskmaster and Batrock and Star. <laughs> that's sort of where it ends up. It was fun. It was, you know, that's that same kind of... Matthew Rosenberg tends to do this pretty well. I read another story of his this week, and I think that he has a voice. It's the same thing that fits really well with those, those Hawkeye books with, with uh, you know, Clint Barton and, and Bucky. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of banter, and it's not unlike how Bendis has a voice when he has all his characters together. And I think if you step back, it, it could feel repetitive, but it, it doesn't. Whatever it is, he's got a bit of a thing with his patter. And then you combine that with what are pretty good instincts with story structure and, and sort of moving things along in a fun way and having stakes and all that stuff. And at the, at the same time, I actually really dug the art. Uh, I wasn't sure that I knew the artist. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you recognize that name? I think maybe Wonfer, he did. The, I've seen the name before, for sure. I think he I was going to say, I think he did the Kingpin store series that Rosenberg did. I'm, I'm not sure about that. I'm 50% on that. Either way, it was sort of a different take on, on comic book art, and it's, it's almost painterly, a little exaggerated and cartoony in a way that doesn't look like other stuff. And also, I think one of the fun things that happens in comic books that I always really like is when things happen at scale. You know, you've got a bunch of human-sized people, and then there's a massive dragon they have to fight. And when mm-hmm. artists play with that stuff, I'm always a big fan of that. In general, I don't love the whole Earth is under siege by because you know it's the same story. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same story as Empire, in a way, mm-hmm. which is exactly the same story as the War of the Realms. Right. It's all of Earth is being attacked by an alien army. It's, it's literally in the same event three times in a row. The backstory is different, but. End yeah, of the day. There's only so many major events kind of storylines. You know, it's, it's not any different than Secret Invasion or whatever. And it's, it's at a certain mm-hmm. point, it's like, what is large enough to put people together? It's the only thing really is to repel invasion. So, I, I mean, there's really not much they can do. Ah, these are the people whose creative minds are, are in charge of doing that thing and making it interesting. 
I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just pointing out parallels. And never underestimate the idea of a zeitgeist contributing to this. I'm very curious about Star, because if, if I recall from the end of that miniseries that we really, really liked, um, we weren't sure about her intentions, motivations, characterizations, because it was kind of somewhat... Yeah. Unclear whether she was going to be go full villain or not. And has she gone full villain or is that what, what is the deal? I think she was just in prison. I don't know. I mean, it's Remember she walked past- away. She walked away at the end and sort of zapped somebody. We weren't sure if she yeah. was being a jerk or. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think part of the character is that she's not sure. Mm-hmm. I think there's an instinct. She's not outright evil. Like I want to take over the world and destroy people, but she wants to be left alone. Who doesn't? Right. And, uh, you know, Having spoken with Kelly Thompson for quite a while, I think that there's there's a little of her sort of thinking in there sometimes mm-hmm. about seeing people and 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 she just wants to be left alone to do her thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of interesting because she also at the same time has this incredible you know amount of power. Like she's the heavy on this team. And what's funny is that none of them know who she is, right. and then she like blasts the head off one of the dragons and like oh you know at the same time you've got Taskmaster in here and he, we are in danger of explaining the thing that we love too much. Mm-hmm. Like, Taskmaster is wonderful when there's not much about him. Like, right. the, the, the silly concept in comic books works best when we don't look into it too much. So the more that he shows up and the more character development that there is, the worse it is. But in all things, if it's entertaining, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so in this, he really does kind of take on the Captain America role. He's like, well, we agreed to do the thing and, you know, we have to defend the Earth. So let's, you know, he's kind of, you know, the honorable the, mercenary role. Yeah, which is what he's becoming in Don't general. Like well, he wasn't that in Amazing Spider Man. He was no. a ruthless cutthroat turncoat in that one where uh, Craven had all the animals in the park and everything. He, mm-hmm. he turned on the Ant Man guy. So it just depends on how he's being written. Sure. It works this way in this one. And it works in that Taskmaster miniseries is going on right now. I really like that a lot. It's kind of a middle ground between the two. Yeah, but it's just like again, if it works in the story, I don't care. I do. I want them to pull back a little bit. It's funny because I am. I was going to say famously, but it's, that's not the right word. But I, I, you know, it's a, it's a bit I do where I talk about Wedge Antilles, hero of the rebellion. It's not a bit. It's what you believe. It is what I believe. But at the same time, like I don't want to delve deeply into the Wedge Antilles mythos. No, it's you don't much need to more know his backstory. Fun. I don't want to know his childhood. Yeah, that'll ruin it. Yeah. They'll just like have it be this thing that we've decided to put a lot of uh, attention on, which honestly, probably not narratively deserved. Can we talk about Wedge for a second? I was watching sure. over, over the weekend, yes. TBS was doing like Star Wars weekend, so they had all the movies playing in, in order. And I hadn't like sat down and watched the originals in a while, and I watched most of Empire and most of Jedi because I came out in the middle. <laughs> Gosh, those are great movies. And also, that's the moment in Jedi when Ed Wedge shows up. I was just so satisfied. It's like, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so Rogue, good. Rogue leader. I mean, he's an excellent pilot. He's a leader. <laughs> he's, and I can say all these things about him, and you're like, Josh, there's no basis for that. And I'm like, exactly. And that's what makes it fun. And they call him Wedge. They don't call him by his call sign, because that's, that's the level yeah. of respect he's at. That's, well, Wedge may as well be his, I don't know. <laughs> Is it even a nickname? I don't want to know. Don't send me an email with this Wikipedia entry. <laughs> Tell me about it. It's much more fun to devote yourself to a completely shallow characterization. So the question is, are you going to read more of King of Black Thunderbolts, or is this just a one-off because the week was terrible? No, I, I, I'm definitely invested. I, I will read the rest of the series. It's, it's fun. I really like Matthew Rosenberg's writing. Um, I had him on Talksplode, I think, last year. You know, it's fun. The, the fact is, if every single book is this thing but sort of weaving in and out of it. It's it's interesting because it, it's working for me in reverse order with that. It used to be that when an event came along, I would think, well, do I have to read all these books to enjoy the event? Mm-hmm. And now the question is, which books can I read and enjoy that are part of the event? And I've decided right. that's the approach I'm going to take to this thing. Good. Yeah. I was pretty far into my, not tiny, but, you know, smallish stack, and I thought, I got nothing. <laughs> and I got to this, and I realized I was having fun with it. And I was like, oh, I, I got something here. This is good. So, yeah, that's your pick a week. And it's it's not really with a qualification other than no. there wasn't a lot of competition. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't even know what the hell I would have done. So you read Marauders 7. I did. Did you read Marauders 6? I haven't read Marauders since the first or second issue. Okay. 6 was excellent. 7, I was a little confused for some of it because some of it was very much about the fallout of that X-10 of Swords event that I didn't read. So I, I didn't know what was going on with that. But That's true. 
I had noticed in our Discord channel that people were very bullish on this. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I'm gonna and and I like the experiment of let's just read a random issue of something, mm-hmm. uh, and and sort of dive in in that way. And I did have to do a little bit of Wikipedia. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I've heard this Callisto name. I have no idea what's going on. And I quickly <laughs> surmised, like, okay, there's a history with her and Storm, and has to do with the um, Morlocks. Okay, I get that. And then once I sort of put that together, I was like, all right, if I look at this as a character piece. And I see, you know, Kate battling for the poor people of Madripoor's real estate rights. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I, got, I got it. And I enjoyed it for mm-hmm. what it was worth. I, I'm not, you know, it didn't. No, I didn't think it was fans. bad. There was just parts like, it's like, wait, was this from, I don't know what's going yeah. on here. But other than, but even then it was fine. I am 30 something years into being confused by most of X-Men books. <laughs> and so that's sort of part and parcel of the thing because it all so much refers to what happened not just recently but decades ago like this it's this swirling miasma of relationships and histories that are far too i mean they're not probably that confusing if you care about it but if you don't it's it's not really worth the investment but that being said you know i'm I'm reading through it and i'm like yeah jerry duggan's a damn good comic book maker you know the scenes move along and 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 they're interesting to watch the the people with each other once you the challenge is really just figuring out who the hell everybody was you know whenever whenever emma frost is in something i'm never sure it's her for a while. <laughs> I didn't know that was her either. I was, I was like, who's that? At some point, somebody referred to her as EF, and I was like, oh, come on, make this easier. <laughs> so, no, I, I thought this was good. I, I, this is the best X-Men book for by far, in my opinion. I'll tell you what one of the motivators of me checking it out again were, is that, A, people were talking about it, but B, it was only issue seven. I figure yeah. all the other ones are in like the 20s now, you know, because they're... <laughs> I, I, is this one actually monthly? I think this is monthly, yeah. It have to be. Yeah. And, and that, to me, has now become an attractive thing. Because if I don't read something for four months, it's okay. But it's not the same as not reading something for eight months. Right. You know, and, and I think that was the thing that I, oh, that means they're taking their time with this in, in a certain way that some of the other books do not have the luxury of, I guess. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's, it's it's a good book, and there was a there was a lot of interesting things going on here. Even if I had to sort of recalibrate what was going on, but it was it's yeah. good. It's it's definitely good. Well, I found myself thinking about Madripoor and how I don't understand it. Mm. Sometimes it is classified as like this complete den of thieves, you know, and and yeah. everybody there's no law, and then this one seems to suggest that there's sort of an underclass, and they're being taken over by the by the ruling class, and I think at one point. Kate, that's hard to say. Yeah, you know, is like you're not going to turn this into a little Dubai, and I was like, well, isn't that kind of what it is? Well, with- it's more. It was more like it's all this mm-hmm. low life country, and in, and what's been happening in this book is that this group of really rich bad guys has been one of the villain groups, and they're the ones who've moved in and they're sort of taking it over. And that had been happening in Captain America as well, I think. Isn't that where like Lucan and um, no, that's the, this is a different group. This is all in, oh. the, in the X-Men books. And they, uh, they, right. um, they sort of moved in on Madripoor to turn it into like a Dubai. So it's, she's fighting for the rights of the, the criminal underclass to stay a criminal underclass, I guess. Boy, you know what? In a, in a, in a, in a comic book universe or world or whatever it is where characters don't really get a chance to develop and change over time in a way that is more like growing up. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that Kitty Pride is a character who gets to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like she has, I mean, she's, theoretically, she's been maturing between 20 and 40 now for 40 years. Right. But, you know, it, it kind of all makes sense and it works in a way. And, and they can play on her backstory where she's been through some shit and now she's not going to take it. Well, the it. ones that only really get that growth are the, are the teen characters, the sidekicks. Yeah. You know, the yeah, ones who show true. up as kids, they can grow up in, into 20 somethings, whereas the. The main heroes can't. So that's the only ones you ever get to growth, which is probably why they're so popular. Yeah, that's probably true. I did the same thing you did. I finished my stack and I was like, oh God, I have nothing to add to the show. Um, so I, went, I poked around what the people were talking about. I, and I went, I looked at the patron voting, the patron pick voting. And then the Time Traveler's Guide to Dating number one was coming in hot in the voting. So I thought, well, that's interesting. I don't know what that is. So I Googled it and the cover looked interesting. I don't know the backstory of this book, although I can make What's some educated publisher. Well, that's that's part of the educated guess. So this Got was on Comicsology. It was through Comicsology Submit, which is where anyone can submit a comic. That's what we oh, did wow. for Dreadnought. If you're not like a major publisher already set up with a deal with them, you can anyone can submit to them. That's how like 
Yeah. You know, super small publishers submit to Comixology. I'm trying to think if there was another company who did that in the past. And so the, in, the publisher, and I put the publisher in quotes of this book, is Finnish Films, Inc. Finnish, I'm sorry, Finnish like the end or Finland? Like Finland. Although okay. I looked it up and Finnish Films is out of Cerritos, California. So all I know about them is there's an auto square there. I mean, it's clearly a, a film pitch, which is fine. That's what most comics are these days. Actually, most film pitches are just comics. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think it works the other way in volume. So I, um, I thought, well, if, if, if it's some sort of like sci-fi dating thing, that might be interesting. I'll check out the first issue. It was only two ninety nine. I got it, and it was definitely not bad. So the creative team, Daniel Bruckner was giving up the story. Todd Gilbert wrote it. Brandon McKinney drew it. Zachary Bruner did the inks and colors. Tom Morzikowski uh, did the letters. They got a real guy for lettering. Yeah, you can do that. And... It's sort of like a mishmash of a bunch of things that are familiar. There's elements like Palm Springs in here, and there's elements of multiplicity. Basically, this dude who works at, like, basically Home Depot, assistant manager at Mulligan's, but it's basically Home Depot, he decides he's going to rob it. And he's got this whole plan to rob the store on, on the biggest sale weekend of the year when they're going to have lots of cash, even though there's no one buys anything with cash anymore. And it gets complicated by the fact that a secretive uh, government agency accidentally sends their time-traveling toilet to the Home Depot. And uh, that ends up mucking up his plans. And so the problem here is two things. One... It's a lot already. It's called a Time Traveler's Guide to Dating. There's absolutely no dating in there in this issue. He, he hires this woman mostly to be a distraction for the guard. She's very pretty. And this, the, this, the comic opens up and they've slept together and then we go back in time. So clearly at some point they're going to sleep together. But... It's not about dating. It's about this heist. And we don't even get to the time traveling issue one yet. Sounds like a structural problem. At it least wasn't bad. Issue. I want to I make it clear. Yeah. I, actually, I actually really enjoyed reading it. And I'll probably finish. It's a miniseries. I'll probably read the whole thing. Do you think it's a good idea to give a title to something that creates an, ex, an expectation and then hold back on that expectation, assuming that it will get people to continue with it? Or should you fulfill the expectation in some way at the start, I think you need to sow the seeds at some at, uh, at some level. Right. The title can't be just the promise of. And what I would assume you would say, okay, work. well, the, the they slept together, so the seeds are there. But then after that, there's actually nothing indicating any kind of interest from either of them and either one of them for the whole issue. Are they interesting? The guy is sort of your stock character. You know, he's mm-hmm. like, you know, the sort of disaffected middle manager at this store gets passed over for a promotion, and he so he. he concocts this like super elaborate heist scheme including a, a scale model in his house of the store and he's a crazy person yeah and it's it's like he's going through a lot to steal three hundred thousand dollars in cash which is not like he's can't like run off to retire on <laughs> it was a little hokey some of the jokes were a little groan inducing but you know the art was good and it's not like any comic i'm reading you know it's just some dude Fair trying enough. to rob, rob his own store it's, it feels more like Interspace, that kind of story, you know, where like mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, just, it's sort of a sci-fi tale, but it's not really a sci-fi tale. So it definitely wasn't bad, but it wasn't great either. I enjoyed it. I'm realizing from the point of view of, you know, like wanting to try new stuff, comicsology is probably somewhat more the way to go than like looking at that last section of Diamond. Probably, that, yeah. That's a, that's a wasteland at this point. It really, it's just like bad action slash sexy books you know well the thing is this and you know this to be true as well as i do in terms of digital comics it's certainly a wasteland is there any curation of it at all not that i'm aware of no Mm. okay literally the only reason i know about this is because of the the patron vote i don't know how the patrons know about it but yeah be a good question for them i I looked it up i googled it there was it might have been a kickstarter there was a whole bunch of names thanked in the beginning but i couldn't find any kind of old listing for them like i don't know what the deal is with this book and i'm not i don't necessarily really care I was just curious to see if this was something I should have known about, but I couldn't find anything. But you're going on with it. Well, because it was kind of fun. And now, look, if the next time the issue comes out, it's, uh, it's like, this is the 25 books by plus. I probably won't read it. Right. Yeah, that, that's, there's an eyes bigger than the stomach thing for certain, yeah. for a lot of those kind of things. I'm still, I didn't put this on the list, but I'm still reading Devil's Red Bride, the fourth issue just came out, mm-hmm. which is, you know, fine. This was fine and it, it was kind of enjoyable. I was really hoping for more like a, romance comic but i get it that really like it's true the title sounds a lot better than 
you know, like an, like about time or mm-hmm. or uh, the time traveler's wife or something like that, as opposed to right. Know. Like the cover is like they're, you know they're they're in the the garden section of the Home Depot store and he's looking at her and she's looking at him and I was like, well, none of this is in the book. <laughs> like, it doesn't even have to be exactly in the book, but there needs to be some indication in the book. I don't know. This is weird. So at the same time, and, and we'll, we'll move along quickly, I, I picked up uh, and read The Union Number 2, written by Paul Grist and drawn amply by Andrea DeVito. Which I skipped. I read the first one. Yeah, I didn't read the first one, which I think is actually an interesting point on this one. And and maybe I'm probably my favorite na- uh, name of the week is Inker LeBeau Underwood. Um, <laughs> that is a great nice, name. beautiful Underwood. Nolan Woodard on, on colors and Travis Lanham on letters. This is a Marvel series, I think nominally related to King in Black. And yes, it is, yes. it's, it's like a British national super team that comes together. And I did not read the first issue. But again, in this week, I was like, well, let's let's try a thing. And I actually think that I worked I worked out just fine not to read the first issue because I understand exactly what happened in it. Mm-hmm. And this is where the interesting things happened. OK. Now, you read the first one. So mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong. All right. There's a thing going on. They put together a British super team. Yeah. And at the end, Britannia, the main character, dies. Yes. Oh, so. no. What will we do now? Yes. Yeah, so OK. First issue. So this is the aftermath of that when we get to actually spend time with the interesting characters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And basically, at the end of it, it falls apart because the Scottish one and the Welsh one and the Northern Irish one are like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah. You know, I thought it looked really good. I, you know, I remember a long time ago, our, our co-founder, Ron Richards, was very into Paul Grist's cane, mm-hmm. pushed it very hard on both of us. And both of us were like, what the hell is this? Right. Very. Yeah. And, and I, I was kind of expecting that. But you know what? I thought it was a really well-written, you know, well-paced, just professional comic book. Yeah. I remember thinking it was, you know, it was very like solid in terms of. Of that kind of thing, the first issue it was very structurally solid. The characters, yeah, so it solid. just wasn't like weird for the sake of being weird, and yeah. it was, you know, it was it, there was a story, and there were, you know, the and then also, uh, other than Union Jack, who I really only recognize in terms of a costume, and it is a great costume for what mm-hmm. it's worth. Yep, I didn't know who any of the characters were, but I got a very quick handle on them. You know, the sort of Northern Ireland characters, very strange. They're all are kind of strange. Like there was, there was an imagination in here that. It was like reading like a really interesting Avengers book with characters that you don't know, uh, and then they, then it kind of falls apart. I, I I actually really enjoyed it, and I and I, you know, like I said, like I read it, and I thought, oh, wow, I didn't need to read number one at all. Like that would have been. It sounds like for you, it was just like, oh, this is totally normal. Are you going to read the rest of the miniseries? I'll check out the next one. I think it's five issues or something like that. Yeah, I, th- I think I'll check out the next one. If this holds, then then we'll get through it. Okay. Well, I'm very excited, Josh, because it's the first time in 2021 we get to talk about our underwear. And I know how everyone missed that. Yeah, I I know. And this is the point where when talking about underwear, undergarments, things Mm -hmm. things that are, we can can say, intimate, sometimes the conversations get weird. Just going to have to deal with that. We're lifting that stigma of not talking about your underwear in public. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Also, what's nice, too, is that I think that by us talking about it, we're completely desexualizing it. (laughs) Oh, 100%. Because a lot of underwear ads, you know, even for men and women, it's is you know, it's all about being sexy. No, but you know that when we talk about it, that's not happening. It's functional. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. Nothing sexy about this conversation whatsoever. Um, <laughs> you know, 2020 sucked, and there's a lot of things about it you'd probably want to forget about or leave behind. And one of the most important things is your, you know, your old underwear, the stuff that maybe's got, got holes in it or the waistband is just dead or. I- I got to say, in this copy, mm-hmm. they said, you're rolling into the new year with the same, these are the words that got me, bunching, <laughs> chafing, and uncomfortable underwear. And I was like, oh, you're, sell- you're talking my language, buddy. What yeah. can you do to fix this? That's chafing. just what happens to underwear eventually. It wears mm-hmm. out. So if you're, if you're still, if you're rolling in 2021, you still got that old underwear, it may be time to check out Mac Weldon because Mac Weldon is an essential piece of the daily routine for me and for Josh. Well, can I can I tell you that I don't have that problem they're talking about, and I, I I have to give the items credit because to put this in a way that I I am expanding, and the underwear is holding like Vince Vaughn in the old school, it's holding <laughs> on those rings, still mm-hmm. holding, still mm-hmm. holding. I'm asking a lot of this fabric. 
Yeah. And uh, so far, it has not let me down. So if you're out there in listener land and you're sitting there in your burlap underwear thinking, there's <laughs> got to be a better way. This is uncomfortable. It hurts, kind of. Mac Weldon's for you. It's men's essentials. It's not just underwear, guys. It's socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear, polos, active shorts. Mac Weldon promises comfort and a consistent fit. They look great. They feel great. You can eventually work out. In them. Well, I guess people can still work out at yeah. your homes. Or you can work out in them. Eventually, you can go out in them. Eventually, you can go on a date in them. All these things you can you see. If you get ready now, once the world opens up again, you'll be all set. It's for everyday life. It's everything you do in life. It's And the thing about Mack Weldon is it's not just underwear. They look at the technology of the clothing. So they got a wide range of customized fabrics that came up with you no matter what your day looks like. The 18-hour underwear, the silver, the air knit X, the dry knit, the warm knit. Is any kind of knit you need. I have, I think I have items of all of those except dry knit unless they changed it hmm. i have another relevant anecdote it'll be short okay. i'm on the couch I'm, I'm with my wife she puts her hand oh no it's it's again not sexy <laughs> you know like under my sweatshirt and uh-huh. on the shirt and she goes what shirt is this and i was like oh that's my mac weldon t-shirt she's like that's that really nice feeling shirt and i said i know and then it ended there yeah pretty much yeah and then she then she <laughs> And then we got back to watch Cobra Kai and she went fell back asleep. to sleep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then there's the Wack Weldon Blue Program. I thought it was going to go one way, but that wasn't, that's not what we do here. Totally free loyalty program that Mac Weldon's created. Mac Weldon Blue Level 1 gets you free shipping for life. Once you reach Level 2 by spending $200, you get 20% off every order for the next year, which is crazy. So free shipping and 20% off every order. And the Mac Weldon guarantee, Mac Weldon wants you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep them, and they'll still refund you, no questions asked. 20% off, free shipping, no questions asked on your first pair of underwear. You can't beat it. There's no reason not to try it. For 20% off first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash iFanboy. Enter promo code iFanboy at your checkout. That's MacWeldon.com slash iFanboy. Promo code iFanboy for 20% off. MacWeldon, reinventing men's basics. And again, I just, just want to, this was an affectionate thing. She was cold, sure, and sure. I'm warm. Yeah. And it wasn't it get your damn cold hands out of there (laughs) was really how it started and everyone understands this Mm -hmm. who is with one cold person and one warm person or a pet for example the pet doesn't love me i'm very warm (laughs) serial number one the new book from terry moore abstract studios i was very excited to read this because i love terry moore and this is the young girl character from the last couple of stories but I felt like this was like a preview of an issue as opposed to an issue. Yeah, it was very vague first issue thing. But also felt like it just ended immediately. And I was like, wait, what? It's over? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. If not for a pre-existing relationship with a creator, I don't know if there was enough of a hook here to get somebody. No, in. if this was some random person with who I never heard of, I would probably read the second issue. But Right. Um, it was just like I, I'm others. sure that he's a person who very much relies on an existing audience to, to you know, and, and nothing in here was bad. It just, it just felt no. like there was not enough here. It was, uh, you know, a, a girl kills a guy and then changes out of a disguise. And then the girl, what is her name? I don't know. I didn't even put together that that was her until you said it. Cause no, I was no, no. I don't think it was her in the beginning. No, no, I know that. Uh, I spent a lot of time going back and forth trying to figure out the little girl. Mm-hmm. I, I Now that you say it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's completely obvious. I, for some reason in my mind, I had just thought this was not connected to all the other stuff, but obviously it was. But the first woman, I just spent a lot of time trying to figure out who it was and if it was the same person, if we were looking at a flashback or whatever it was. Yeah, I don't know who that person is yet. Because he draws women and they all, you know, they all share characteristics. I'll say it this way. And then, it, then early on, the woman is in a disguise and changes into a different. So now I got one woman who looks like two different women in a Terry Bomer book. That can be problematic. So I went back over it a few times. And then it appears as if the little girl from the last series is living in a VW van and having weird dreams. And then uh, is told about the incident from the beginning of the book. And she takes off in her van. And it's like, oh, cool. And then it ends. <laughs> it's like it, yep. so she, she, she revs off. And I was like, awesome. And then it, there basically wasn't context for anything. No. And it was it, it just, you know, it, it was a very light first issue. Yep. Yep. So I'm looking forward to more 
I yeah. just was very excited for it. And then I was like, oh, man, give me more, Terry. More. <laughs> yep. I didn't even mean to say that that way. Using the same strategy that I used on King and Black, I mm-hmm. used on Future State. And I had, a, I had a very hard time finding anything I wanted to read out of that in terms of sort of people who creators who get me excited. Mm-hmm. Um, but I read Future State Dark Detective number one, and I read it because Matthew Rosenberg's name, again, was on it. And, and it turns out he did. I don't know if it's the backup story because they were both lengthy. Well, it was the co-feature. Yeah, that's the word. That's the word. I haven't heard that in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was the second one. So the first one, I was a little confused. We had uh, it's called Bruce Wayne is a Dead Man by Mariko Tamaki with art by Dan Mora and Jordi Belair in colors. Really good looking Great book. looking book. It just felt like another. It's interesting. So I, I don't want to go too deep into this one because I, yeah. I do want to talk about the second one too. So I read all the Future State books again and I don't know why I'm punishing myself. Wow. But I'm doing it. I'm apparently re- repenting for something I'm not aware of. It's just, it's just so, I think, first of all, and I don't want to make this sweeping statement until I've read all the first issue, but I feel like DC dodged a huge bullet. If this had been the new DC universe, it would have been, it would have been a disaster of epic proportions. It would have been Way like, more than the new 52. It would have been like gone down in history as like one of the worst decisions ever made. <laughs> I just don't understand why they decided to go with like the Blade Runner future. They're all like mediocre Elseworld stories. Yeah. Don't feel like a bold new start. It's just nothing's like, compelling. Nothing makes sense because they're dropping you in. And in some sense, that could be fun sometimes. But like, I don't have any backstory to what's happening, so therefore, I don't really care. Like, who this? There's nothing special. Yeah. Yeah. No. You know what? You're right. I, I, I've mentioned. I went to mention this, but there was definitely a theme that was going through almost all of the books that I read this week, and it was like, I don't know what is going on. And, and I mean this in a way, like, I again, I was thinking, well, is this me? And I thought, I'm pretty good at reading comic books. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, think I, can, I think I can objectively say that. But over and over reading books this week, I just was like, what, what it, I don't know what's happening. And it feels like on top of all these books being some weird reboot, like, they're right. They drop you right in. There's no context. There's no backstory. And you have, you're left to figure out what's real, what's connected to what we've read before, if anything. The thing that's important to note is that it can be great to drop you in the middle of a story. The problem is... Well, it's how you do it. It's how you do it. You have to leave the proper breadcrumbs. But also, we all know this is only two or three issues, and then Mm -hmm. it's over. So, like, I don't care about the magistrate who's taking over Gotham City because he's going to be gone in two issues, and I'm never going to hear about him again. The timeline isn't long enough to really build out a mystery (laughs) when you're only telling three issues. But also, you know, these concepts aren't being introduced in a way. Everybody's trying to be cool. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's trying to, you know, respect the audience and slowly reveal things in an organic way. And it works sometimes. But other times you have to remember the medium. And, it, you know, comic books is a thing where every character has to say every other character's name, mm-hmm. even though you wouldn't actually speak like that. So that the people in it are not lost. And I feel like that is getting lost a lot by whatever this generation of writers is or, or just the zeitgeist of how comics are being done right now. And it's problematic. So in every other Batman book, Bruce Wayne has been dead, or thought to be dead. And that was confusing also. And that's why whatever Fox, Tim Fox is Batman. And, and so here Bruce is actually alive. He faked his death and he's running around as Batman. The other thing is, you know how in the New 52 they were like no more underpants outside the costume? Well, apparently in... Future state, it's no capes. None of the heroes are wearing capes. Mm-hmm. Robin's not wearing a cape. Superman's not wearing a cape. Batman's not wearing a cape. No capes. This Batman looked like the um, redesign that Capullo did. Yeah, a little it bit. very related to that, that yellow belt thing. That's what I, I do want to say that this thing. looked great. Yes. Dan Moore's is terrific. Yep. I believe this is the team that's taking over Detective Comics. Hmm. Tamaki and Mora. So I'm excited for that. But anyway, that was just my, my overall reaction. I was like, why, wh- yeah. wh- why are we doing it? Like, like why, why do we make all these choices? Like, anyway, let's talk about that another time. I needed editing. The co-feature is by Matthew Rosenberg and Carmine D. Gia Domenico, who we love. And it's a grifter story because they keep trying to fold in Wildstorm into the DC universe, which I guess they're, they're going to make Grifter a major Gotham character, according to all the promotional art they put out of all the characters standing around. Grifter's among the Bat family now. So... You know what? Let's do that. For I a while. like Grifter, and I think Matthew Rosen- Rosenberg wrote a great Grifter. Hold on, I think he's a. You love the wisecracking blonde character. 
<laughs> you know what? He is this like combination. He's somewhere between Logan and Hellblazer. You've always loved Grifter. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just. Yeah. No. I just. I think he's 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 fun. But I also think that, you know, out of all these books, like when he wrote Grifter, I was like, I recognize this character. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like he's the same character that Bruce Wayne in that other story wasn't Bruce Wayne I knew. Right. You know, Bruce Wayne that I knew wouldn't do that. Right. <laughs> like, that's that's what I kept thinking. And so when Grifter shows up here, it's almost like. Yeah, we recognize that all this is bullshit, but I always thought it was always bullshit. And then he has it, it was a really fun, you know, arrest breakout, you know, story with uh, I think it's Luke Fox. Yep. Who was Lucius Fox's son. He used son. to be Batwing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it's turned sort of cautious, we'll say. Mm-hmm. I think it was it was fun and it was beautiful. Carmine DiGiamanico is great. Yep. And so like I could remove again, just like that, that you know, pick of the week. And it, it is coincidence to me that these are the, the same writer on both of them, but I didn't need to know everything else was going on. He focused on the characters and the adventure and not the overall, you know, what's going on in the bigger world because that makes it not interesting to me. In terms of art, this was a terrific issue. Absolutely. Absolutely. The first story was what it was. I didn't hate the first story, but it was just like there's a whole bigger problem with future state that's you know, transcends everything. I read Big Girls number six, which is, if, if I don't know if it's the last issue ever. It was sort of vague, but it is the uh, last issue of this sort of first arc mm-hmm. uh, as they're doing it. This is Art and Story by Jason Howard, who I've really enjoyed as a creator who sort of came up, you know, from being, a, you know, first known as being an artist for The Astounding Wolfman with Robert Kirkman. And since then has really, I think, become a better artist and also a storyteller in his own right and sort of just, you know, doing all of his own stuff from Old Cloth, which I like. I thought that this was pretty good lacking in some areas but a really good concept and visually uh, really fun to read because basically you have these huge giant women who are there to protect the cities that are left from the boys who have mutated into giant monsters right. and then we find out that there was more to it than that mm-hmm. it, it was fun and it's it's like suitably melodramatic you know it hit those notes like it was supposed to but but you know largely it was like drawing these giant things in cities, you know, kaiju. If they you just, just love like, scale, I do love scale in comic books because I think that it, it, it doesn't in a way that you can't in cinema so much because you can make it into a piece of art, and mm-hmm. that putting things into that perspective is always really interesting. Yeah, but it was a nice little world, and there were some surprising and very silly things that happened at the end. It wasn't perfect, but it was it was a fun little series. So those are the books we wanted to talk about, but at Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy, if you're a patron of the show, you can vote to add a book to the rundown. And this week, the overwhelming favorite was Ha Ha, number one from Image mm-hmm. Comics, W. Maxwell Price, Vanessa Del Rey, Chris O'Halloran, good old Neon on letters. Good old Neon. I double-checked that. I thought, okay, good old Neon. This is apparently the team behind Ice Cream Man. I think we read the first issue of Ice Cream Man. I believe the first issue of Ice Cream Man was a picture pick also. I didn't read any more of that book. I didn't know anything about this. I just saw the patrons talking, and I think somebody said... Well, it's a horror book, but maybe they'll like it, which I think is going to be what we're going to inscribe on the patron memorial tribute statue one day. <laughs> so when I went into it, I was not excited because I was like, oh, it's a horror book. I don't want to read a horror book. It's not a horror book. Well, that's the thing. So about half yeah. the day, I was like, I don't think this is a horror book. No. And so I think this is a short, this is a bunch of short stories about clowns. I think that's what this series is. Really? Yeah, because the next issue is about a totally different character, clown character. Oh. That's good, because I already saw the movie Joker. Well, I thought this was interesting. So this issue opens up with a family sitting around a table, and the, the father's in a clown costume. He's sort of like a... He works at some sort of rundown amusement park, and his wife hates his job, and his kids don't care. And then he, he gets laid off because the, the place is closing down, and his best friend mugs him for his money because they're all in trouble. That was the most interesting thing I thought in the book is that the boss pays him. And there's no like shady stuff. The no. boss is like, I'm really sorry. Here's some money. And then right as he's leaving, he's like, watch it because there's a lot of animals out there that will steal it from you. And then immediately his best friend beats him up and steals his money. And I was like, what world is this? <laughs> like, what's happened? That it, was the most interesting thing. But in the whole he had book. hidden his paycheck in a sock like the boss told him. Right. So he goes to the bank to deposit his final check. And then there's a robbery. And... For whatever reason, he just decides not to uh, listen to the robbers, and so they shoot him in the head. And 
there's this interesting sequence where the bullet's going through his brain. It reminded me a lot of a Tobias Wolf short story of a very similar idea. Look at Mr. Fancy Pants over here. And then um, <laughs> I thought if the story had ended on that shot of him on the floor dead, I would have been like, this was a really interesting and bizarre short story, and I kind of really like it. And then, But then right. it keeps going where he pops up, and he's not dead, and he beats up the bank robbers, and then he goes home, and he's, he can tell, he, obviously, the bullets affected him because he sees his family now as balloon people, but... I thought if it had ended with him dead on the floor, I thought it would have been a much stronger story. And I realized they wanted to have an action sequence and the whole bizarre ending, but like, I thought it would have been this weird character piece, and then that would have been that. But I didn't dislike it after that, but I thought it would have been stronger if they had ended that way. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a horror movie, and I... And I, I Other than him surviving well, a gunshot to the brain. But the, yeah, but that's still, you know, yeah, not, more or less horror, really, theoretically possible. I don't think it was bad, but I, I didn't, you know, ultimately didn't really care. Mm-hmm. I thought it looked really interesting. I thought, but I really did the the first bit. I just felt like I was like, this is just Joker with a family. Yeah. And I didn't like that movie. <laughs> I think it says everything to you that I thought the most important thing, uh, the, the most interesting thing was when the boss said, you know, like, like he's talked about the fact that the world was really, you know, very violent and scary. And, you know, like New York in the 70s, which was mm-hmm. also in the Joker. I can't say. I have a lot of cogent thoughts on it because I just sort of read through it. I didn't hate it. I didn't really like it, you know. And then I, it's interesting that it's a short, like if it's an anthology kind of thing, and that that's this is it. Mm-hmm. That actually makes it more interesting. <laughs> well, issue two is a there's a female clown looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Well, these people are all meet up and become a clown team. I think I looked it up on the image, and it's like an anthology about clowns. I don't know if W. Maxwell Prince is working something out. Well, W. Maxwell Prince was the writer of Ice Cream Man. Vanessa Del Rey was not the artist of Ice Cream no. Man. No, and yes, that's stronger. Uh, but yeah, I know that that came out. I read the first issue and I thought, well, I don't know what this is, but I know that I don't like it. And then, you know, I didn't really hear anything else about it. it, it honestly, this is not even a, this is not even a, a note on the quality. So if you know, if you're the writer, you're like, oh, you're like, you're like it's just not my thing. You know, <laughs> like it was not a thing that I would want. And this sort of feels like that too. Although this is a little more interesting than that was. I didn't dislike it. I didn't love it, but I didn't dislike it. So I think for ratings, 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 ratings out of ratings. five, I'm going to give it a three and a half. <clears throat> three. Um, it's a generous three. You're going to read issue two? No. You are, though. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's an anthology. It's not like it's, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. I'm not sure. Maybe I read issue three. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not committing to anything. We don't make any guarantees to, of commitment. So patreon.com. Slash iFanboy. Anyone can vote at it. Vote to the rundown. Yeah, let's talk about Patreon.com mm-hmm. slash iFanboy. A very interesting thing happened last week. Mm-hmm. I said to the people, I said, listen, you all make your own choices with your money. It's fine. But what's going to happen is, like a, like, a, like a stern but fair parent, this media explode show is, is in danger of going away. And I, I don't like to talk a lot about mandates, but I believe that we received a sort of a low-grade mandate from the listening audience. And they said, well, we don't want that to happen. And many people yeah. either upped or re-upped and, and became part of the patron joined, family. New, and, new patrons joined yeah, as well. I was kind of touched. Yeah, and that's good because this January media split is going to be all about the Mandalorian. So we would have had to miss that conversation, Ooh. which would have been sad. But we didn't. And I, I was shocking. I mean, you know, we were right at the precipice of not covering the media split anymore. And then all of a sudden, boom. You guys showed your support, and we were honestly taken aback. Early, like yeah. I think that was on like Monday. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like that was a lot more. I was, I was, I was genuinely surprised. So thank you for that. It, it kind of lets us know, like, oh, you really like you, you really like us. Oh, These are Sally Field moment. So listen, what is Patreon? You all know. I'll go through this quickly. You already did the thing. It is the way to support this show. Uh, with uh, regular donations for the content and, and stuff like we're doing. It's made possible the patron pick, the patron powers, um, which have become like mainstays in the show, I think, are really added to it. The talk explodes, the book explodes, the media explodes, the YouTube content going all back up there. Those are all direct results of people becoming part of this, you know, because at every level of sort of support on a monthly basis, there's another thing unlocked and that's where we're up to. Uh, the next thing we're looking at is adding a new show that we're going to talk about the eighties cartoon GI Joe in, in some way. We may look at the stretch goals and reevaluate and rejigger and we move them around and maybe we'll, you know, change things. We're not sure yet. We're going to take yeah. a look. Maybe, maybe you want some other kind of show that maybe we'll make Josh go back full time. And this is the next stretch goal. Wow. 
you're going to have to bring that up considerably. <laughs> There's also the patron Facebook group mm-hmm. and the, the iFanboy uh, patron Discord server, which, you know, they're, they're fun communities in their way in which we, we will show up uh, certainly in Discord from time to time. You were in Discord uh, a lot this week. I, I always forget it's there. It's like I minimize the the little window and then it doesn't I have the notifications set weird and then I open it and I sort of go through there. I like it. It very much reminds me. It's kind of the closest thing that we've had to the old Revision Three forums. Yes, uh, yes. in a while, and yeah. and you sort of get to know some of the people a little more and and hang out and you know we need friends too. You know, so it, it's fun to be there. It's you know casual and, and and fun and there's a little something for everybody and I, I think it's great. I think it's uh I don't remember who thought of it doing that. It wasn't me. No, it was actually a suggestion from from the patrons. We were gonna we were gonna do a Slack channel for the patrons, and then they were oh like, yeah yeah they yeah. were like, well, we rather do a Discord server, so that we did we we had a vote. Oh, Discord beat Slack, and then that's how it happened. I, I think that was the right call. Yeah, I get too many Slack pings during the day. <laughs> stuff yeah, it's is. true. It's true. Keep that separate from work. Work. Yeah. I dot com is where you can get shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, sundries, shower curtains, bath mats, uh, phone cases. All in all, I have no idea. If you were to ask me, like, what is the definition for sundries? I don't think I could tell you. We did. We did this bit before, and we looked it up. I don't remember what it was. Okay. Start 21 with a fresh bit. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think it's just that I still don't know. There are eight designs up there. It turns out that this pandemic is either a boon to creativity or the opposite. I think with our designs, it's been the opposite. Mm-hmm. And so we're still looking for that next idea. We don't want to just fill it up with stuff because because right. we need to put something else out there. I think that's that's the way that we approach it. I like that. Uh, if you don't want to deal with any of that, there's ifanboard.com slash support. You can make a direct donation via PayPal. If you don't want to deal with any of that other stuff, you can go to ifanboard.com slash Amazon. You'll find links to buy all the books on the Booksplode and in the Pick of the Week shows. And that is all. Thank you so much, everybody. That was a great week for that. Another way we say thank you to patrons is that they give it the $5 or higher level and they get their own superpower live on the show, like Dan Cox. Thanks to Dan Cox for being a patron. Dan Cox's power is that he's the ultimate consumer regret power. And what I mean by that is... Wow, I'm, I'm excited about what's about to happen. If he, if he buys something, he's like, oh, man, this is about the wrong thing, or this is just the wrong... It immediately disappears, and the money returns to his bank account. Wow. It goes back to where it came from, fresh and new, unopened, you know. No one is, is financially harmed. No, no, the inventory software is updated automatically. It's like it never happened. I like this. Is there a statute of limitations? Yeah, it's got to be like immediate. Like he's got to, it's, it's like, you know, it wears off. After, you, you unbox it and you go, man, this, just, this is the wrong size or this is the wrong thing. Or right. this actually doesn't work in this room. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. boom, gone. Can I, 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 you know, then this is just, this is just, I'm just spitballing here. Can it be that, say that you buy a thing mm-hmm. and, and you don't have a t- you don't have a chance to install it for a little while. Then when you finally get around to it, you open the box and you realize this isn't going to work at all. But like the 30 days is up. And it's not that you, you waited. It's just, you didn't, you didn't have the ability. Can, can, does it work then? I think it would still work because you haven't, you hadn't actually looked at it yet. It's it's not like you owned it, used it for a long time, no, and then yeah, later yeah, thought yeah. this wasn't the best option. He, it's kind of like he can't replace a, a TV because it's out of date. It's like you know, it's it's he, he bought the TV, he had to wait a month to install it because for whatever reason, right. and then that's it's it's like the immediacy of his dealing with it. Okay, okay, and does it just work for him, or does it work for his whole family? Just, just or? for him. Okay. So theoretically, if he was he was married and his wife or husband had bought something on their card. Right. It doesn't work. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I wonder if it's I wonder if it gets passed on to his children. Right. We'll find out. When they get their when they get their own buying power. Raj Patel knows all the angles. <laughs> I see what you're doing, pal. I see, I see that angle. I see what you're playing. Very good at chess, for example. Pool. Very good. Yep, pool at yeah, at literal angles in that Billiards. instance. Yeah. Or snooker. Uh, <laughs> uh, but also, you know, the stock market, mm-hmm. any personal dealings, he sees and he knows he knows all the angles. <laughs> You're not going to get one over on Raj, buddy. That's great. Yeah. He knows all the angles. Thanks to Dan and Raj for being patrons. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. Josh from Indiana writes and says, I'm sorry, Joe from Indiana writes to Josh and says, Josh, are you going to get the original Thunderbolts omnibus when it comes out? I'll answer for Josh. No. Yep, that's correct. I would go with very most likely no, because I, you know, it's gonna it's gonna ruin the. You're not a big book buyer, like a a big book buyer, meaning large size books. 
I only because like I don't ever end up reading them. Right. You know the, that really has like a th- like they're beautiful objects. I just finally man, I got all three absolute preacher books mm-hmm. so that I should have this. But you know, realistically, will I ever actually read through all of them? Maybe, but it will take years. You'll take them off the shelf and leaf through them. Yeah, yeah. But even I mean, I have a lot of books, and and you know, I I, I sometimes I get a real guilty feeling, you know, that like I don't. I, you know, I try to read all of them, you know, at least once, but I, you know, there's a lot and there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. So I don't like to, I don't know, it feels like a waste, uh, in a way at a certain point, like a certain point, there's so many that you're like, what am I going to do with these? You know, but so I, re- I, I, I reserve it for really special things. Mm-hmm. I think when I do that and, you do and love I, Thunderbolts. I, I know, but I also, you know, I love it as a thing that happened a long time ago. It's, it's not like, like I would buy and wear a lot of Thunderbolts t-shirt. I would wear one if there was one really great first issue <laughs> Thunderbolts t-shirt. I would probably, I probably would wear that. With but it's Barry not like Zemo on it. If, yeah, well, he's a Nazi. That's kind of that's true. Maybe like from issue seven when Hawkeye joins. You know, I'm not. I'm let not. Me, right, let me tell you what's like in this it. omnibus, and you can decide. So it comes out in April. It collects Thunderbolts zero through thirty-three, the original nineteen ninety-seven series. That's great. Thunderbolts Annual 1997. Thunderbolts Distance Rumblings, number one from 1997. Incredible Hulk 449. Spider-Man Team Up, number seven. Heroes for Hire, number seven. Captain America and Citizen V Annual, number 1998. Avengers, number 12. And some material from Tales of the Marvel Universe, number one from 1997. I'll tell you this. It sounds great. And what I would do is pick it up in a store and go, that's really cool. But I wouldn't ever sit down and read it. Mm-hmm. Ever. I would never do that. It just doesn't fit. But it's really cool. And I hope that there are people who really do have a chance to enjoy that and get it because they're great, great comic books. Yeah. So you're one of your favorite books for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Ken from the Great White North says, which creators, writer, and artists are your favorite, not necessarily the best, on Batman, Superman, and the Avengers? The writer and artist don't need to have worked on those books at the same time. I think that my answer is the same in terms of writers for both Superman and Avengers. And that is some combination of Kurt Busiek and Mark Wade. I was definitely going to say, um, Kurt Busiek leaning and leaning George more Perez towards Busiek. For the Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. Although sure. it's hard not to go back to the Roger Stern era, the Roger Stern, Bishema, mm-hmm. even before that, the John Byrne, I was, and I was going to say, if I had to pick an artist for both of those books, again, it would be difficult not to say John Byrne. And I know John Byrne is more associated with, with West Coast Avengers, but, mm-hmm. you know, I tend, I tend, the, those Avengers teams in the 80s are, you know, they're Avengers. For Superman, for me, it's John Byrne. It's writer, artist, writer mm-hmm. and artist John Byrne. And it, yeah. for, so for Avengers, I'm going to say Busick and Perez. I'm just going to see. He's just, this is my favorite run of the Avengers. There's been so many great runs of the Avengers. I'm not denigrating any of those runs. I'm just saying that's my, my favorite run. It is, a really, it is a really good one. It's probably... It's probably that for me, too. And then for Batman, um, it's tough, tough, obviously, because there's been a lot of great people on the sides. I'm going to pick a team that work together because... Let's, yeah, let's leave aside, like, Frank Miller or something right, like that. Because yeah. I feel like, like that's... Kelly, like, yeah. It's really hard, but I think if I had to go in my heart of hearts, it's probably Alan Grant, Norm Brayfogle. That, that era of Batman, they did both Batman and Detective Comics together was terrific and look there's been great runs by rucka and brubaker and snyder and capullo and winnick did a great run but yeah yeah when i look back on batman comics that i really really love uh, and the, the world building they were doing and uh, look chuck dixon obviously is yeah i was thinking of him too but when i think back on the great batman runs i enjoyed a hell of a lot it was grant and bray frogel's various runs and the various books i think i have a harder time with artists on Batman, because there's so many. And like I think about, you know, if I had to pick an artist, it's easy to say Bray Fogle or um, Jim Aparo is mm-hmm. sort of what I see in my head. I think writer, I got to go with Greg Rucka. I think yeah. he was the guy who did the longest run that I was the most. It's an embarrassment of riches to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You could easily just be like Neil Adams. Right. Right. You know. Right. Uh, no figure. Dick Sprang. I mean, it goes all the way back. It's 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 embarrassment. Yeah, in my time of reading, actually, like actively reading, comics, they were as they were coming out. Those Greg Rucka, you know, Cataclysm, Aftershock, 
in God, well, the whole bat, you know, Bruce Wayne murderer storyline, fugitive yep. the stuff with all that stuff was great. It was a great run. And you add yep. in, you know, fold in Gotham Central from the side, like all that stuff was great. You know what's interesting is though, if I if you say Greg Rucker to me, Batman is not the first thing that comes to mind by a long shot. Sure. And it was just like talking about it in this way that made me sort of think about it and that well, oh, yeah, that's that's the thing. It was great. And more so than Brubaker, I think, even though they did some stuff together. It's a really great run. They were they were they were at some point they were writing at the same time, Batman and yes. Detective Comics. Yep. It's interesting because I thought that this question would be harder than it was to answer. Well, if we if we really had to put pen to paper and like make a list, it would yeah. be harder oh, yeah, I think, to do to do like a definitive create like a definitive creative team list, which might be a fun hangout discussion. Well, at some you point. know, I've always thought that the you know the best Superman run that never happened would have been if Darwin Cook had written oh. and drawn the Superman series. Yeah, you know, so I can say that you know he's done my favorite takes on a lot of the DC characters mm-hmm. kind of including Superman and new frontier, but he never did it like the regular series. So I don't count him in that way. Sure. Contact fanboy.com. That's how Ken and Joe got on the show. Thanks for writing. And we got a lot of great emails this week. So people are starting 2021 with a bang. Wanted to mention real quick. We talked about it last time. Wonder woman, 1984, our reviews of the movies back in the feed somewhere. We released it around Christmas time, right after Christmas time, I guess. And you can find that behind there. Feed me and Ryan Haupt and Ron Richards talked about it. And we had three, I don't want to say wildly different, but three different takes on the film. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the first film, which we all loved. This with three entirely different takes on the film, I think. Well, two are similar. It's a very polarizing movie, I think. Haven't watched it, and my interest in doing so has diminished greatly. Well, I don't have to tell you. I had always had the thought all along that the first Wonder Woman movie was kind of a perfect moment. Mm-hmm. Such to the extent that I don't even really want to watch it again. I just went in no expectations, had fun watching it, and it came out, and everybody else seemed to like it. And I thought, that's great. Leave it there. <laughs> this one is, uh, yeah. Yeah. There is a Talksplode interview podcast scheduled in January. This is where I put the ticking time clock sound. Yeah, Connor's. I want everybody at home to know that Connor's very into me getting it done. And I am too, but I've had a little trouble booking Listen, this Listen, all you're going to do is get six in the year. We, yep. we we promised six, so if you got to do three in in March, that's all. That's your business. And to be honest, the scheduling and getting the right people on last year was a challenge. But I'm I was so happy with the people I got to talk to last year that I am willing to take my time rather than going. I got to get a show out, you know, and just bring on somebody I know, or just you know, like I I want to talk to people who I think are interesting to talk to, and and. I, I like my track record with it, so I'm going to keep working with those stats. You'll get your shows. I promise that. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. There will be six in 2021, whether they will be every other month, like clockwork will be up, yep. to, up to I have to stick to that. Fix. Otherwise, I'll put them all off, and then in December, I'll be like, oh, i got to do six, because that's how <laughs> Josh does homework. And then Booksplode. What's Booksplode? Booksplode in February is Jack Kirby, King of Comics by Tom Scioli, the uh, original graphic novel that came out last year that I just finished reading. I'm very excited to talk about it with Josh. Yeah. Jack Kirby, King of Comics. If you want to read along at home, just to prove you, I think it's a must read for any comic fan. So um, if you want to mm-hmm. read along with us, it's it's a big it's a big old hardcover OGN, and it's, it's not cheap, but it's definitely worth your money. So Jack it's Kirby, King absolutely of worth it, and and I think that it will make the show that we do more interesting. So this it's not going to be like a review show where we tell you whether you should read it or not. Like you should read it, and then we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be in yeah. February at some point. So you have a month to do your homework. Yeah, but it's delightful homework. Anyway, yeah. get over to ifabor.com. You can find all of our shows, our vast history of comic book writing and from all of the talented writers. I dug up an old schedule I found in our <laughs> shared Google Docs of like, like this was on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and what time everything came out. And I was – this was near the end. World content I, schedule, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I, I was like, wow, there's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a very sort of detailed and interesting, but that stuff's all there, man. So you can go check that stuff out. We'll remain vastly proud of those things. You want to know what the pick of the week is before it comes out or what else is going on that is relevant? Not a lot, but if there's something we need to post, we will post at facebook.com slash iFanboy or at iFanboy on Twitter and at iFanboyComics on Instagram. You can find out the pick of the week before it comes out. You can find the best of the week in panels and occasionally some other little things in here and there. It's going to be a rough panels week this week. 
Yeah. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> I actually I got I got like two. You can follow us individually, uh, CS Kilpatrick on Instagram and Jay Flanagan on Instagram. Finally, subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash iFanboy, the segment that I always forget to update here. So are these updated? Yes. No, those are old. Uh, Ron no, reviewed Kill Your Boyfriend in an iFanboy mini for Grant Morrison Week. I think that's the end of Grant Morrison Week. Josh interviewed Alex Robinson, and then a, a friendship oh, awesome. was born. And then Robert Kirkman at San Diego Comic-Con 2008. So we're, we're, the next week's going to be all San Diego Comic-Con 2008 content. I love that show. That was great. That was the show, I believe... We forgot the plate for the tripod, so I had to hold the camera the whole time. And it was a long talk. It was a long talk. <laughs> I think we got to his apartment and realized we didn't have the plate to attach the camera to the... Because mm-hmm. the plate was usually just stuck to the camera. Yeah. And we needed a plate to attach to the tripod, and it wasn't there, and it was like, oh, fuck me. That's pretty <laughs> much how they shot the French Connection. Right, exactly. From what I understand. I mean, the car chase in this one's very similar to that one. Right. We didn't have permits. I know that much. Yeah. Oh, for sure not. Never had permits. If you like the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or uh, wherever wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate that. Any show you listen to, if you can leave a star rating um, for them, it helps people find shows. The more ratings, the better. They they would appreciate that as much as we would. Even better than that, it's word of mouth. Tell your friends, your mom, your kid, your letter carrier, anyone who you think might be interested in in, uh, podcasts. Tell them about podcasts. Tell them about iFanboy. We do appreciate it. And it's helped people find the show, too. And we do thank everyone who does that. And this is the show. And I am Connor. And I am Josh. That's the end of the program. Good job.